And that is a brand new single from the Rivertown Saints. It's called Slow Kiss, and it is so great to hear new music from them. And that was just released to radio this week. And so I know radio is going to be very receptive to it. And we'll talk to Jeremy about that, about the song and all the stuff going on these days with uh, the Rivertown Saints. My pleasure to welcome Jeremy Bortot from the group. How are you, buddy? Uh, it's I'm good. It's good. It's good to be good to be here virtually. Yeah, exactly. We are virtually together. This is cool because we're going to hear Slow Kiss, which has been out for a bit now, but uh, officially released to radio this week. And what is it like, uh, Jeremy, to, we'll talk about what radio has said so far, but for you and the guys to have this new song out? Uh, I think it's it's exciting for us because, <clears throat> I mean, anyone who's, who's followed along with the band knows the past really two years almost have been uh, not without their challenges. And so um, this song going coming out and getting finished and stuff like that uh, was kind of, um, it was kind of us being able to, to, to say, okay, we're back. Uh, we're doing this again. Things are rolling again. Um, mm-hmm. And just sort of kind of, you know, the, the, the whole thing has new life um, because of this song. And, being that the band, you know, we we mostly wrote it uh, with our buddy Dave, and so it's it's kind of authentic in that sense. Um, I mean, you know, in the country music industry, there's a lot of great songwriters and a lot of artists that release songs that are pitched to them, and Rivertown Saints has certainly done that in the past. And I mean, great songs should get out there, however they do. But uh, it was really mm-hmm. cool for us to bring Chase our new singer down to Nashville. And I guess it was probably, that was his first trip down to Nashville. And that was actually the first write that we had booked on, on his first trip to Nashville. And that one just kind of wrote itself. <clears throat> we were just, uh, we were hanging out in, in uh, Dave's little writing space in his uh, loft and just kind of strumming some chords and it, it wrote itself real quick. <laughs> and it kind of has that, uh, kind of has that late nineties gin blossoms, you know, rock country kind of feel to it. So we were really mm-hmm. stoked. And um and then yeah, we worked with Jeff Delzeal to uh yes. who produced it. And uh he's a good friend too. We've worked with him on, on previous singles and um just a great guy, great guy to work with and I think he really understands what we want to uh do as a band and what we wanna kind of sound like and what makes us different and so he was a great guy to have in our corner working that song with us and finding out how that song should come together so anyways to answer get back to your question i know it was a big long-winded answer but uh for us it's (laughs) just kind of like yeah this song was just the the culmination of you know everything that uh, all, all the things that when when um when chris lavelle departed the band all the things we knew we were gonna have to overcome to get back out there this song was kind of us doing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Chris departed the band. He's doing a solo thing now. You guys have great mm-hmm. success, obviously. Uh, Dan passed away, I guess. How has it been a year now? Uh, it was a year on February 21st. And actually, um, Saturday night was Dan's birthday. So uh, the fourth there. So we, uh, we had originally planned, we'd actually booked at a brewery in Ottawa and we were going to have a a sort of a birthday celebration show. We had uh, some special guests. His brother, Paul was going to come and do a song and we had some other local bands and we're just kind of going to have a night um, of music and kind of paying tribute to Dan. And unfortunately with uh, the coronavirus stuff, it got canceled. So um, 
instead we just, uh, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you actually promoted it. We, we, uh, got on there on Saturday night there and did a little Instagram thing and we're our usual stupid selves, which, uh, (laughs) people try. That's what we've come to know and love about you guys, and Dan included. That's right. Uh, just how much fun you guys had. I was watching the video. Um, somebody reposted or, or commented on it, and I think it was actually Paul, Dan's brother, so it brought it yeah. back up, was the uh, cherry bomb with Kelsey and just that whole yep. hotel and the snoring. That was hilarious. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and, and, I mean, Dan Dan was kind of the, the mastermind behind a, a scripting. I mean, not scripting, but sort of conceptualizing a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I actually watched. It's funny you brought that up because I saw that. Uh, I watched that today too, and I, I was messaging <laughs> the guys in the band. I was saying, "Man, this was so so good." And I mean, Jason yeah. McCoy is hilarious yeah. in everything he does, and yeah. uh, Dan Dan was such a like a gifted, um, you know, actor. I guess you could say anything that he yeah. has such a personality that anytime you put him in front of a camera, he just uh, he was kind of out there. And so watching it again, I. I I kind of appreciated it a little more for um, a just how much of a good time we always had together and um, be how funny he, of a guy he actually was. So, and so many people miss him, uh, which is an understatement. I mean, we see the comments to this day, and, and the comments will go on um, forever. You know how much they thought of him and missed him, and how much they loved his personality. Of course, uh, maybe just take a few moments, Jeremy, before we move on to some other stuff and the new stuff going on, just to just to talk about Dan and and just you know what he meant to the group and you guys as as friends. I mean. <clears throat> Dan and Jordan and uh, Chris McComb go, they go back quite a ways because they were in bands, rock bands and stuff together growing up. Um, And I knew Dan actually from church. Him and I went to the same church in Ottawa here for a bit. And uh, we actually played in the church band together a couple of times without really knowing each other. Um, And so I kind of had a, knew him through passing that way. And then, uh, when Chris and Chris and I kind of originally started River 10 Saints and we, brought Jordan into the fold as a drummer. And then Jordan said, you know, my friend Dan and I knew him and Chris knew him. And so it just made sense to get him out. And, um, you know, he was, uh, he was, he was a great, great bassist and uh, great performer on stage, great person just in general to talk to. And he was like a million laughs and um, all the time. And he and I were, both, <laughs> he and I were both very opinionated people. And so, <laughs> There were many, many long van and bus rides with him and I just literally arguing about everything the whole time, um, much to the dismay of everyone else. But he and I both enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, yeah. And you're just a super quick guy, always had like a comeback or a chirp or something like that for everybody. And, um, you know, it's I know it's cliched and that kind of thing, but you don't really realize how much you, you miss somebody until they aren't there anymore. And uh, mm-hmm. definitely definitely been the case with with dan you know left a a huge hole um in the band obviously because you you don't ever you don't replace a guy like that you you just move on differently and um and at the same time obviously left a a huge hole in kind of all of our lives so Mm -hmm. and the country music community as a whole and uh all Absolutely. the people who loved him, which is everybody. Um, thanks for sharing those words on him, Jeremy. And uh, yeah. here we are with brand new music, Slow Kiss. Um, we're going to share it in just a few moments here. But um, 
Uh, tell me about uh, Chase. Let's talk about him. He is the new lead singer, of course, Chase Kasner. And uh, it's always tough, I know, when I look back at bands, uh, more usually tough to, to obviously find a new singer to represent the group um, and fit in and all that kind of stuff. How did you guys find Chase? Um, Kijiji ad. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, <laughs> he is actually, he's my cousin. I always get it wrong. Um, how I'm, I don't remember if he's my second cousin or my third. I don't remember it, but oh, he is, okay. uh, somewhere on my dad's side, my grandfather's sister's grandson, whatever. Somehow he's my cousin. So I've actually known him for quite a few years and there's a bit of an age okay. difference between he and I. So I remember him like as a young lad. Um, but just kind of throughout the, the years of uh, me, he, he's from Northern Ontario and I would go up to visit my grandmother there and I'd see him periodically and follow him on, on Instagram. And he was posting these covers of himself singing along to different country songs and different pop songs. And um, I'd shared it with the guys in the band being like, this is my cousin. And, you know, he's got a great voice and good looking guy and whatever. Don't let him hear this. It'll go right to his head. But, <laughs> we can um, edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, I just edit that part out. But yeah, so, and we just kind of, you know, uh, we all kind of knew he was a good singer and uh, he's a great guy. And then when Chris, um, when Chris left the band and we thought, well, we, you know, we got to find somebody else. And we kind of put together a short list of people that we thought would be interested in auditioning. And, um, you know, there was five or six people and they were all great. They were, and like, I, I say that sincerely, they were, a lot of them were friends and they were all great at it. And, um, Chase was one of them. And Chase is actually like the guy that we thought just cause he was younger and he was, uh, had never been sort of, he, he was sort of new to the industry a little bit. And so we thought he was kind of going to be the, um, he would kind of be the, the last pick. But, uh, once we listened to the recordings of the, the songs we did as a audition, we were kind of like, wow, this guy his voice fits and it sounds like it fits. And, um, and he just brought something that we thought was, uh, was really cool to it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, and that's just kind of, we said, well, let's, let's jam a couple more times and, um, yeah. And then the rest is history. Yeah. So cool um, that, that uh, he was in the family the whole time and uh, a cousin, a second or third, maybe even fourth. And now he is uh, <laughs> the main guy, the big guy in the band here. Um, what is uh, and some even, background? If you want, uh, if you want some even, if you want some even crazier sort of yeah. uh, factoids there. So his grandmother on his father's side is um, Mary Bailey. Uh, he, the famous Canadian country singer and uh, uh, original manager for Shania Twain. Amazing. So he's got the country yeah. roots running deep. And what is Chase's background in music? Is he, he's obviously with you guys now. He's doing the country stuff. Country roots with him, pop, rock? Uh, definitely country roots with him. His, uh, his, a bunch of the members in his family are musical. His sister's a great singer. Um, his mom is a great singer. Actually, his mom and her two sisters are great singers. Um, so music kind of comes by, it comes to him naturally. And then, um, but as far as that, he, he really had like no formal training or anything. He just kind of always grew up singing and just has so one of these guys that has the gravelly voice and a good control over it and <laughs> knows what to do with it. And so, uh, yeah, he's just, 
you know, and since being in the band, we've really put him through the paces too. He's had to, you know, we threw a lot at him. And if you want to be in the band, you got to know all these songs. These are the songs we play. These are the songs we do. And it, it helped that he knew a bunch of the singles already. And then he's a quick, pretty quick learner too. So, um, yeah, so kind of that's, that's really his musical background. Very exciting. Um, let's hear the song now, uh, which is out at radio. Our listeners can stream it, purchase it, and of course request it uh, at their local country station. These are the Rivertown Saints with Slow Kiss on In the Country. Trans Am said, son, have it back by 2 a.m. I picked you up, we drove around town, and you said we can go further, push that pedal down, and we're gone. Yeah, we're gone. With a Town Saints and their brand new single called Slow Kiss, which uh, you can contact your local country station about and say you want to hear it. And speaking of that, Jeremy, uh, before we came on the air, we talked about it. Um, you've had some good response so far from radio, which kind of goes without saying, uh, based on mm-hmm. the track record of the Rivertown Saints and the quality of this song. But tell me what, what uh, radio has said so far. Just uh, kind of everybody I've heard from uh, just really embraced the, the fact that it's a new sound. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we, being in Ottawa, being a sort of an Ottawa based band, we have close relationships with the, both the Ottawa stations here. And so uh, I've spoken with people both from both stations who are pretty excited to, to get it on the air. And um, like I said, everybody's 
really excited about the new sound. I think the, the easy thing would have been to um, keep putting out Cherry Bomb, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, and so I think I think amongst the fans and, and the radio personnel I've talked to, uh, people are really excited for sort of uh, Chapter 2 and, and the fact that it is a distinct Chapter 2 and it's a new thing. And so... Yeah, we're uh, we're excited to get it out there. It's interesting when a band refreshes or changes their sound for whatever the reason is, because I'm sure it is uh, as a band. If you, you know you have a Cherry Bomb song, okay, let's keep doing that because it works. But mm-hmm. uh, it's you know so maybe talk about that. Just what it's like as an artist in a band to think, let's do what we're doing because it works, or let's try something different. Well, I'm sure I will start a fierce online debate about this but um <laughs> it's very it's very much the uh the david lee roth sammy hagar thing and um i i kind of view those as two different van halens and i think rivertown saints to some degree is the same thing when when sammy came on board you know they still got to play jump and uh yep. and they still they still got to play dance the night away and and they have to do it well um and at the same time you know, you don't get a guy like Sammy Hagar in your band and expect him to write, um, you know, Jamie's crying five more times. And so I think, uh, I think that was kind of what we, we decided very early on in the audition process was we didn't want to become a karaoke band of ourselves where we just got somebody out there that could, um, sing the songs we already had close to how they were, um, Obviously, those are songs that are very special to us and special to the people who are fans of the band, and it would be a disservice to them if we just stopped all doing all that stuff. Um, and I wouldn't want to because I love those songs. But um, So we had to make sure whoever whoever the next guy was was going to be able to pull it all off well. But at the same time, we were like, let's make sure we – let's find somebody who makes us excited to keep making music um, however that comes out. And Rivertown Saints is always a very organic – sort of process. A lot of our songs came together just because they were the sum of five parts. And we wanted to make sure going forward, it wasn't going to be, okay, there's three of us that are still here. Let's just keep doing what we were doing. And these other two people can be along for the ride. Um, it, it was, you know, it's now it's five, three of the same people and two different people. And those two different people bring very different things into it. And that's sort mm-hmm. of, we didn't, we didn't try to stop that. And I think Slow Kiss and some of the new songs you guys will hear from us uh, in a short order, um, you'll, you'll hear that there's, I mean, there's still three-fifths of it there and will always be, uh, but there's two-fifths of different things that uh, come in. And I, I think it's been a really, I think it's more of a contribution than anything. Well put. Uh, and you mentioned, Jeremy, uh, you hinted at some new music on the way, which, of course, our listeners are getting excited about uh, that uh, prospect. And uh, what, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of stuff do you have and what, uh, how much stuff do you have recorded in, uh, in the wings waiting? We actually have a, we have a bunch of songs, uh, you know, recorded or semi-recorded that uh, was all part of the process of when we were trying to figure out what we were going to do for the next single. Um, and then we kind of said, well, everybody's cooped up indoors with the, um, with the coronavirus stuff going around and we can't, we can't be out playing shows. We can't even go on the radio tour that we were supposed to be on right now. I should actually be somewhere in Alberta right now. Um, so yeah. we thought, well, what, what could we do that would be fun for, you know, the people who stuck around and kept supporting the band. And so we were like, well, let's just pick, let's just pick the three 
you know, demos or three kind of runner up songs that we had or, or that we liked and let's finish them up real good and let's just throw them up on the streaming platforms for people. And uh, so we, I'm not going to tell you what the songs are. One of them is a cover. It's a pop song um, from a couple of years ago. And then uh, two other ones are uh, songs that we, we wrote. Um, what, what songs are they? One of them we wrote with uh, Phil Barton who wrote Cherry Bomb. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, one of the guys wrote, wrote Cherry Bomb. And then the other one we wrote with, uh, with Jason Blaine. So, um, and they're kind of, they're neat. Cause uh, one of them is kind of classic RTS. One of them is, a really different SADA RTS, and then the other one's uh, just a really cool cover that I think we do well. So, and the cover song—did you say that was a pop song from a couple of years back? It was a—it was a pop song, yeah. Yep, but I'm Very not telling cool. you anymore. Okay, I was going to try to you know play 20 questions, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's a—it's a song you guys like, and did you you put a country spin on it or a Rivertown Saints spin at least? Yeah, we try to find that that I'm a I'm a big believer that when you um you know, when you cover a song, either do it faithfully or do it completely different. And so it was uh it was it was it was interesting to find that balance between how do we how do we keep the cuz the song's all groove and we're like how do we keep the groove of this um but give it a, you know, give it a sound that's Rivertown Saints and yeah. country rock at the same time. And so it was kind of a bit of an iterative process, but uh, I think what, what we came out of came out with is uh, going to be pretty cool. Excellent. Um, and you mentioned a couple of names off the top involved in uh, the album and songwriting. And I wanted to get back to those names for a moment, touch on them. Um, Dave Thompson, Dwayne Thompson, of course, from the group wave, big wave, yeah. hits on California, but of course he's, you know, we see him online, um, his name associated with so many great country songs. Um, tell me about writing with Dave. What's it like in the, in the writing room when you guys are working on stuff? Uh, Dwayne's awesome just cause he, he makes you feel super comfortable. He's got, um, he's got a, his, his sort of studio writing room is, uh, in the loft of his house and it's got a bunch of leather couches and, uh, it's just really chill. He's got a bunch of cool dogs that sit on you when you're in there. And, um, they're, you know, we always joke that they, they have, they have co-writing credits on, you know, a number of, uh, successful songs. And so, um, yeah, he's just, he, he's cool because, uh, Dwayne never makes you think you got to do something a certain way. It's kind of like any idea goes. And so, a lot of time, you know, we're just shooting things out there. And, um, I just find it's really, it's really freeing to write with him. Cause you never, you never feel like you're going to come up with a stupid idea, even when you do come up with a stupid idea, cause that's inevitable in rights. But, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, I mean, every time we go down to, every time we make a trip, we make sure that we try to get a ride in with Dwayne cause, uh, yeah, it's fun, fun guy. And, um, I think and actually in the last two trips we went, I think we wrote four or five songs with him. So, um, Amazing. One of them, like, yeah. Like, one of them was with Patricia too. So, oh, great! Tell us about uh, Patricia as a songwriter. We all know her and love her, and we know her music, of course. And many of us have met her. But in, in the room writing songs, what uh, what is she like? Uh, she's like a lyric machine. She's like just big words come to her. She's so good at crafting words, <laughs> like better than anyone else. <laughs> That is such a skill to have and to be able to write it on the spot, obviously, as you're writing songs to have. Yeah. And so she just it, it shows up, it comes to her, and she's... Yeah, she, she says things, and they just end up being poetic. 
Wow. Amazing. And, and with people like Dave and Patricia, you said with Dave and obviously with Patricia too, it's, you're writing great songs, but you're also hanging out with great people that you like and you're having fun with. So what oh, yeah. afternoon of that? You know, like that's amazing. Every, I mean, it's, it's almost problematic. This, uh, this last trip we went on, <clears throat> we wrote with, um, a couple of times, I, the write with Phil Barton was a blast because he's a maniac and uh, <laughs> anyone who's ever written with him will tell you that he's just a, the guy is just like a can of energy, just yelling and screaming and carrying on the whole time. And, <laughs> and somehow in there makes great songs with this funny Australian Nashville accent. Um, we wrote with uh, Karen and uh, Emily, which was also mm-hmm. awesome. Cause I mean, we started that ride at 6 PM at night and I think we didn't actually start writing until nine cause we were just hanging out. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's it really is the best time, you know. And like, there's sometimes you do a write, and the song you get out of it, you're kind of like, nah, it wasn't the greatest, but it was it was worth it because you hung out with people you really enjoy and respect and have a great mm-hmm. time with. Uh, same problem anytime we write with Jason Blaine, is that we spend half the time. Last time we wrote with him, we went to his house, and he was like, "It's too nice out. Let's sit on my porch and write." So we sat out there and wrote. <laughs> And we wrote a tune that was a good summer tune and then we wrapped it up and he was he was kind of like we got to wrap this up quick because i want to go my buddies are here with their boats and we got to go out on the lake <laughs> so so that was we what turned what was supposed to be like a three or four hour ride ended up being an entire day because we went fishing so oh <laughs> that is awesome what a great uh, what a great time to have writing songs and uh going out in the boats yep. and having a good time with people like jason blaine um now jeff delzeal Let's talk about him. Yep. He is your producer, and he's, he comes up a lot of times on the show because uh, he's produced a lot of albums. Most recently, Aaron Allen mm-hmm. was on the show talking about um, being produced by Jeff. Tell me about working with Jeff. Uh, it's awful. He's terrible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Jeff is like the most. He is the most laid back dude. Um, you know, I've worked. Uh, I've worked with some producers when I was in rock bands that uh, it's very much a crack the whip sort of thing. And, you know, you, and I work great under pressure, so I never had a problem with it, but Jeff's very much the opposite of that. It's like uh, you show up and he's like, let's get pizza. And you talk about the song and you go before you record anything, you play through it a bunch of times and you try different things. And then, you know, he says, you get, you get up at noon and then you you track for a couple hours and then he's like, are you tired? I'm tired. Let's take a break and watch a movie. And, uh, you know, <laughs> same thing with, with when you're tracking vocals, you sing for a little bit and he's like, your voice still tired? You want to rest? And then he's just, uh, it's so laid back. It's like a week, a week of recording with Jeff is like, you almost feel like you're on vacation. Um, except you end up eating like a ton of pizza and drinking beer all the time. <laughs> A week's and he just he has, he's got he's just got he's got great ideas and um, I think he works really well with us because you know he he came up uh, doing a lot of work in the rock world and <clears throat> I think a large part of Rivertown Saints we're all guys that grew up on that too um, mm. we all kind of we all kind of grew up in the country listening to rock music um, but we were all exposed to country and then uh, as we got older I think we all came to appreciate sort of the storytelling and melodic aspects of country music. And mm-hmm. so uh, Jeff, Jeff's a great fit because he, he can pull from both those worlds. 
Yeah, it's, it's so great to be able to do that. And as you know, country music fans out there, um, you know, just about all of them, not only love country music, but they've got rock songs they like. They like all kinds of stuff. And so when you bring that to the stage and to your records, um, we all appreciate it. Yeah, and I mean, the line is so... I mean, I don't say this in a bad way, but country music has become so homogenized and so diverse in a sense at the same mm-hmm. time, like every genre almost can can be part of it and it can be part of every genre. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like that and that's that's fine too. Every, that's the great thing about music is everybody can like what they like. But I mean, you take a guy like Jason Aldean and that's rock, that's rock music with a country singer. That's what that is. Yep. And that's cool. You know, you take Florida Georgia line and that's pop rock with banjo and that's cool too. And I, I love all that stuff. Uh, I love all that stuff. And at the same time, I love Alan Jackson and Garth Brooks. So I think there's room for all of it in there. And I think that's, what's really fun about the genre. You know, my, my parents, when I was growing up, I was always into rock and punk rock and that stuff. My parents never, you know, thought that I would ever do country music and probably because I said, I'll never do country music. Um, <laughs> and that might've been a hint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and now doing that kind of thing, it, yeah. it wasn't like it was, uh, like it was a very natural evolution musically for me. And I really, I really enjoy it. And it, it's the genre with the man, it's got the best fans in the best community. So there's a Let's loyalty in country those- music. Fans, yeah, loyalty, you nailed it right there, and you know it very well because um, you've got those loyal fans. Tell me about your relationship and the Rivertown Saints relationship with all the great fans you have. I could – we have such good fans that, like, I know a bunch of them by name because we talk with them regularly because they are – they they care about us as, like, people uh, beyond dudes in a band that they listen to. And so, um, you know, the fact that – I mean, we the last single we put out before this one was in January or February of 2018. And so that's two plus years without a song going to radio and people were still interested when the song came out. And, um, you know, we like to me, that speaks volumes because uh, that's that's people who, who stayed interested and not just in the music, but us as people in our lives. And also, you know, the outpouring we we saw with Dan's passing, um, to me, that was really clear that fans of this band are fans of the people in this band. And, um, you know, and at the same time, we, it goes the other way as well. And we, we really respect the people who have listened to us and supported us. And I would say they kind of go beyond being fans. A lot of them, have become friends with us. Um, it's a very mm-hmm. small, you know, despite having played some fairly large shows, country music in Canada is a very tight community. And so I mm-hmm. see people all the time at shows when we play a town two times in a row. I rec- I know people that I talked to the last time I was there. And so um, right. I really Absolutely. love that. And I, yeah, I think that speaks volumes about the, the entire scene. 100%. And as you said, and it's a little different than other genres, I'm sure some of them have this, but country music especially, um, not just loving the music and being loyal, but they want to know you as a person. As you said, they want to talk to you and kind of know about your family and what you're up to. Like that is something really special about, about our genre. Yeah. And I think too, uh, you know, we, we in Rivertown Saints always tried to have the attitude that uh, we're making music you know, we're not 
curing diseases. You got to have fun with it. Can't take it too seriously. Can't right. take ourselves too seriously. And so, you know, when, when we, we play a show and if we met people after the show and they were like, do you want to go out for drinks or like hang out or whatever? We would always be like, absolutely. Like it was, I mean, maybe I, I get that that's a harder thing to do when you get to a certain status and that's totally understandable. But for us, it was always like, you know, we could be those guys that just go back to the hotel right away, or we could go and hang out with some people who spent money to come and see us play. And like, yeah. you know, and, and those, you know, the people, that's a great memory for them. That's a great memory for us. We always had a great time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, if you're not, if you're not enjoying meeting people and making friends when you're playing music, uh, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> 100%. Uh, it's, that's, that's such a huge part of it. And you guys do it so well, Jeremy, uh, as we get set to wrap up here, um, I wanted to ask you your top three artists, if you could nail it down, uh, Jeremy, and uh, of course, they don't have to be from the country genre. I'm sure there are a bunch you have <clears throat> from there, too. But uh, who would you say are the top three, maybe not even influences, but just top three you love listening to? Oh, man, this is like, I'm a serious music nut. So this is <laughs> to, to, to do this. Hmm. This is torture. This is torture. Well, I'll say I'm going to go with influences just because that's an easier one for me to pick. Cause my, I, I have sure. new favorite things every day. So I will say um, Van Halen was the reason that I went from being a music fan to a musician was I had, uh, I heard, I heard Van Halen one when I was probably 13 years old and okay. two songs into it. I was like, uh, I need to learn how to play guitar. And so wow. that was a big one. Um, now are you, before big... we move on from, sorry, Jeremy, before we move on from yep. Van Halen, David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar for you or both. Like I said, they, they're both, they're both, it's two different things. And I know, I know people get really polarized on it, but to me, the, sort of the energy and the ferocity uh, and the hunger that Van Halen had in those first six or seven David Lee Roth albums is uh, no one else, no one else. Eddie's guitar playing on Van Halen one all the way up to 1984 is just breakneck racetrack music that you can't, no one else can do it. And uh, no one else, you know, he wrote the book on that style at that time. And I think when Sammy joined the band, it was the natural evolution of them growing up as musicians and saying, instead of having a song that's four people playing crazy parts all the time and it's all this energy, let's write songs, you know, and pay more attention to the song craft. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you keep in mind when Sammy joined the band, those guys were all like in their late thirties, possibly older. So um, they weren't, they weren't like the 18 and 19 year olds they were when they started, when they had songs like I'm the one and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I, I think that both of them were great. And um, I mean, if you watch them now, Sammy's still the better singer, but I'll just throw that out there and see what sort of hate I get. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Van Halen. Um, and then, uh, and then I was a huge, I was really into the grunge thing for a while too. So just cause of my age when I grew up, so I would say, sure. I would say probably smashing pumpkins. That was a big one for me. Okay. And uh, and then um, Keith Urban. Right on. Keith Urban, because I think he, he's, well, A, 
like the guy can sing album well live and he plays guitar really well. I'm a big Brad Paisley fan as well, but Keith is kind of like the double threat. Um, and I just find uh, every Keith Urban album, he tries something different. So he's like, he's kind of, he never doesn't sound country, but he also doesn't ever sound only country, if that makes sense. He's kind of like, right. he just comes up with a melody and a song idea um, and uh, goes for it. And so he, he comes up with some really interesting stuff. And then, uh, you know, he he's worked with Dan Huff as a producer for years and years. And I've been a fan of Dan Huff since Giant in the, uh, well, since Whiteheart and Giant in the early 90s. And um mm as a player and then when, as a producer and his work with Rascal Flatts and Keith Urban and stuff like that. So I just think Keith is really kind of the total package as far as a musician and songwriter and singer. Um, he's got great hair. So he, He's got great hair too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to have it all. And the hair is important, but he, he can do it all. So important. Right. He's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, people, you got to look at stuff. Um, singer, songwriter, uh, guitarist. I mean, yeah, he's he's just got it all. Keith Urban is one of the greats, obviously, and he's that's why he's at the top uh, top of the spot where he is. Brad Paisley is another guy too, um, who is obviously an amazing guitarist and uh, much more country. Obviously, he's, he captures. You yeah, know, you pretty much uh, know it's chicken picking. Brad, but. Yeah, chicken picking, exactly. But uh, Brad's one of my favorites, too. And I haven't heard much new music from him in the last couple of years. Uh, but I'm sure he'll come out with more stuff. But he's, he's, he's amazing, too. I think Brad, um, I think beyond, I mean, as a guitarist, I have an immense amount of respect for how he plays. Um, and he's a good singer. But I think what, what amazes me the most about Brad Paisley is his songwriting. Um, especially, you know, there was a string of albums there, uh, like Mud on the Tires and Time Well Wasted, mm-hmm. where, and I mean, even, even um, what was the one that was after that with like ticks on it and stuff? I, I found the writing became a little more topical from there on, um, which, I mean, he kind of had to because the country landscape was becoming less country. Um, True that time but i but those that mud on the tires and time well wasted like there's not a bad song on those two albums his playings at the top of his game his writings at the top of his game i love the sound of those albums because they're kind of a modern extension of the alan jackson kind of country sound um mm-hmm. and so yeah i mean brad's and just i mean just listen just go read the words to waiting on a woman and yeah, he's brilliant. He's just brilliant, you know. Uh, that's you can't write a song more perfect than that to me. Yeah, there are some lines in there are amazing. Uh, one I'm thinking of because I heard the song recently again was uh, where the older guy says, you know, son, since 19 whatever 60, I've been waiting on a woman. That's a great. Yeah. Line. Yeah, I love the. Uh, I read somewhere statistics show the man's always the first to go, and that makes sense because <laughs> she won't be ready. Like that's just. <laughs> Like perfect, yeah. perfect. That is a perfect line. Um, <laughs> yeah. right. It's one thing. It's one thing to have the idea, you know, waiting on a woman, which is a great hook, but to be able to yeah, package lines it. like that. Yeah. And as a writer yourself, I know you and you just you know gave that as an example, but you admire lyric writing like that. And you mentioned Patricia Comroy's, and that's what you guys try to do as writers. To obviously you've got the hook, but you could just be lazy and have a good hook and write an average song. But it's getting the lines to really get to the next level. 
Yeah, we um, we actually have a song um, called Better Than You Found It. That was, uh, I think Chase and Jordan wrote it with um, Dwayne and Patricia. And it'll uh, it'll make its way out one of these days. But uh, hands down, my favorite lyrics to a Rivertown Saint song that we've ever wow. been a part of. And, uh, and I say that having no, I didn't actually write any of it. I wasn't at that right. Rate, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that song is, um, you know, we annoy my kids love it. So we, we annoy everybody with it. And, um, but I, I think that it's a very country song. It's probably more country than anybody would be, would expect from Rivertown Saints. Um, oh, and I think that's, that's part of why I enjoy it. Um, but it's just lyrically, and melody wise, it's just uh first time I heard it I got goosebumps. And that it's rare to have that happen to you from your own song. So Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And you know, I'm a title guy, I love titles and just even that title alone, I don't know anything more about the song, but better than yeah. you found it right away I wanna to listen to it and that title is intriguing. Yeah, it's uh it's a good one. It'll make its way out, don't worry. Oh good. Okay, good. <laughs> we'll have that to look forward to and some other new songs you mentioned that you guys are working on. Of course, the new single out now is called Slow Kiss. It just came out this week, um, and our listeners can contact their local station, uh, the local country station, to request it. And we want them to do it exactly. Please do that and stream it, purchase it. And, of course, another thing to do, post it on social media, on your Facebook yes. and your Instagram, because that goes a long way, right, the, those uh, recommendations from fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. It helps spread the word. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much. This was such an enjoyable conversation. Our first time uh, talking like this on the show, and I've enjoyed it, and I love the new single. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. I would say say hi to Kelsey for me, but you already talked to her. She's a she's a good friend. Exactly. So, um, guys, yeah. Break but, on uh, a bit, because yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you so much for uh, sorry. I was just going to say, brag on Kelsey for a moment because you guys have that connection from the Cherry Bomb video. And I can't remember if we talked about this on air or not, but uh, the funny, I think we did, the funny video that uh, Dan, yeah, you guys yeah. are all in. Kelsey is so good in that uh, the scene with you guys and her is hilarious. Yeah, man, she was, uh, we were kind of like, uh, we were, um, we were almost a little bit nervous kind of to bug her again because uh, I don't, I mean, she was great in the video and she's such, she's such a big reason as to why that song was successful because of that video and um, her portrayal in it. And so I always felt bad because I mean, you know, she's an artist and her stuff is great. And I never wanted her to feel like she became the cherry bomb girl. Um, and so we, to make a video where we kind of poked fun at that, I was nervous I thought, man, doesn't want to have anything to do with this. But she was game for it, and she came up with cool lines, and uh, she was, you know, right in there. So um, it was so funny. And I think, you know, I think that just come, goes back to all of us having been friends for. I mean, we met her. That was May twenty, uh, April twenty sixteen. That would have been that we met her um, wow. shooting that video. I think that's when it was. And so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we've we've kind of watched each other. Uh, grow as artists and get some success and that kind of thing. And uh, we've played a lot of the same places and we see each other all over the place. And so, uh, yeah, it's cool. Even, um, I mean, Dan, she, she, uh, called in or Instagrammed into dancing the other night and told some funny stories and, uh, just, yeah, like it's all about friends and we have some, so many great friends across the, this industry. 
such a great connection to have. Uh, Jeremy, thanks again. And uh, again, the song is great, Slow Kiss. And uh, wish you guys all the best with uh, thanks, new uh, music and with Chase, of course, doing a great job for you guys. And uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. Once again, my guest has been Jeremy Bortot from the Rivertown Saints. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.